On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Liv Byrne, and she's got a lot going on. She's put out a couple singles in the past two years, uh, Company, and one from last year, Holiday for Us. Uh, she's got something new coming out this month. We're going to talk about that and hopefully what's going on in her world. So welcome to the show, Liv. Hi. So nice to talk to you. Well, sure. You know, I was looking at your bio, and you're kind of a multi-talent. You don't just sing, but you're also an actor. Uh, where did all this creativity start? Oh, I've been doing this for years. I've been doing it since I was eight. I believe my first show was. Wow. Well, it's very expressive, uh, your performances, and it seems like you really take advantage of that acting background. I mean, what's your whole approach to music? Oh, thank you. Um, well, I've, I've sort of used music and songwriting as a diary in some form. My mom always told me not to down anything. I wouldn't want the whole world to see. But I was like, I don't know how to get these thoughts out of my head. So I decided to do write songs instead because that way I'm writing it down without telling the world every single little detail. And so it's probably more expressive and everything because it's it's my inner inner thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, exactly, and very very therapeutic at times. And it seems like that's kind of the tone out there with a lot of the singer-songwriters is really just sharing a lot of personal things in their music. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. I feel like whenever I feel highly emotional about something, I'll write a song and then it's like, all good. (laughs) But you do something really cool that a lot of uh, young singers do nowadays is they use YouTube to perform covers of their favorite songs I think it's very telling some of the covers you've done on YouTube, uh, you know, songs by Amy Winehouse, Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, Julia Michaels. Is that a way for you to get in touch with the people who inspire you? Well, I've been uh, performing music for a while, and I didn't know that I could perform my own music, so I always performed others, and it was always a uphill battle of trying to find a song that really worked with my voice. Now, whenever I, I find one that works so well with my voice, it's been fabulous, truly. Mm-hmm. Well, who are your musical idols? Um, well, I think Ariana Grande is a big one. Love her, love her career, love everything she's doing. Um, role model is also highly inspirational to me. I actually saw his first concert last night. It was like his first one in like two years or something like that. And um, Billie Eilish for obvious reasons and Frank Ocean and Jeremy Zucker. They're all very incredibly inspiring to me. Very good. Well, now you said you started when you were pretty young performing. Uh, Were your parents always real supportive? And, And what environment did you come from? Like, was there a lot of music and you know, performing in your family? So as far as how I got into it, my parents kind of just threw my brother and I into every extracurricular you could think of just to see, like, what we liked most. And I always kept coming back to singing, acting, dancing, and performing. Um, As far as music goes, no one sings in my family. I mean, a few people play instruments, but we're not like a quote-unquote musical family. But 
there was always music playing around the house growing up. And sometimes my family will just break into like analysis of certain songs. So music has always been a form of communication for us and a way for all of us to bond. And it, we have like little cheeky moments in our family that have to do with music. Like my parents met because they were the only two people in the room who knew the name of the song. And like, that's how they started talking. Just little cute moments like that. Oh, nice. Now, now where are you from originally? So I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, but I grew up in South Florida. Oh, wow. So at what point did you move from Canada down to the U.S.? Um, I think when I was nine months old, I moved to Michigan. And then when I was three, I moved to South Florida. Oh, my goodness. So do you still get dual citizenship? I'm actually not American. Oh, okay. So do, do yeah. you feel kind of at, at home in both places? Do you like going back and forth? Canada has always felt like home for me because my parents and my brother and I are the only ones who don't live in Canada or Ireland because my mom's from Ireland. So it's, yeah, all my family's in Canada, so that's always felt like home, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Well, with a name like Byrne, you definitely would have to have some Irish in you. <laughs> yeah, it's very Irish. <laughs> well, I love Toronto. I've only been there once, but I just loved it. it. It definitely felt like a big cosmopolitan city. Oh, yeah. It's so great. It's like New York, but a little more calm. <laughs> a little more calm. Traffic was slightly better. Yeah. <laughs> well, Florida is such a hot spot for music. I mean, it, it always has been. But right now, you know, what's the mood in, in Florida with, with the music scene? Well, I actually live in New York City now because I moved out here for college. But mm -hmm. um, South Florida was definitely uh, very inspiring as far as music. I mean, I was I was in performance training starting at like 11 and a lot of my friends are also make their own music and are rappers and stuff like that. Um, I lived in Broward County, so there's a lot of SoundCloud rappers there. And the whole idea of making your own music isn't something that's like silly or anything like that. Like people encourage it. And it's, it's definitely a very nourishing environment for that. Mm -hmm. Well, how would you contrast that to the music scene in New York right now? Um, honestly, I haven't really been able to dive deeply into the music scene in New York because COVID really hit and shut down everything. So really the discovery of new music has been all through social media, at least for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think I mentioned it earlier, I went to a concert last night with um, two artists that aren't from New York, but they had a show in New York and it was one of the best nights. It was so incredible. And I'm very excited to really dive into the music scene as it's starting to open up more and more in New York City. Mm -hmm. Well, now that you're closer to, say, Broadway, and, you know, with Broadway hopefully, you know, opening up even more, um, are you going to pursue musical theater at all? Uh, musical theater isn't a particular passion of mine. I love um, watching the shows, and obviously I, I would love to – be on Broadway, you know, someone came up to me and they're like, will you be the lead in this musical? I'll be like, oh, yes, and. 
Um, but it's not it's it's not something I, I dream about. I, I it's not a goal of mine to to be on Broadway one day. Mm-hmm. So when you do acting, you like to do just strict acting, you know, in a, in a drama or a comedy, as opposed to, you know, being in a revival of West Side Story or something like that. I mean, acting is acting, so I'll take wherever I can get. But my preferred medium is film. Mm-hmm. Well, nice. Well, it seems like, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but, you know, if you want to be in the biz, you know, you move to the big cities that have the productions going on. And New York seems to have a pretty healthy, you know, film business as well. And, you know, so much got shut down during COVID, but do you see a lot more productions opening up there? Oh, yeah. I mean, my college, uh, we don't really have a campus, but our little section is used all the time for uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's like oh, one yeah. of their sets. That was really cool. I remember my last apartment I was in, the street that we were on, they used it for uh, Billions, I think is the name of the TV show. And so mm-hmm. it would be like campers camped out till like 3 a.m. and stuff like that all the time. It, it's very, uh, it, it happens all throughout the city and it's, it's very normalized. I hear about the Sex in the City reboot, and a lot of people are spotting that being filmed. Like, have, have you seen Sarah Jessica Parker on the streets? Yeah, I actually walked by them filming uh, when I was on my way to work this past summer, and I didn't even realize that that's what they were doing. <laughs> wow. I found so it on TikTok, on, they're like, oh, they're filming Sex in the City, too. And I was like, oh, I didn't even I didn't realize that was what was happening. What does that feel like? I mean, wanting to be in that industry and then see it kind of, you know, there in your own backyard, does it just make it seem more possible to you? Oh, for sure. It definitely makes it seem a lot more attainable, especially when you talk to some of the people that are working there and you just, like, hear how they got to where they are today. And you're just like, it. yeah, it definitely feels more attainable, for sure. Well, are you a good networker? Um, I like to think I am. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know how uh, you would judge that i mean i i try to like you know talk to people as like human beings and stuff like that i don't i don't really know um as far as i guess that would consider me a good networker maybe (laughs) well things have changed so much in the entertainment industry both music and film and i mean every every year it seems to have like a major overhaul but for someone young you know just coming onto the scene and you know making your way in the business what is the biggest challenge for you do you think right now when you are trying to make contacts within the industry um i guess i guess oh um the best way in my opinion to make connections with people is seeing them in person because you can dm someone and, you know, it can be a very well-written-out message, but it's, it's difficult to create, like, that personal connection with someone. So I guess the largest challenge right now is getting to meet people in person and talk to them because everything's been shut down for so long, right? There's no way you could meet someone. 
but as things are starting to open up, like I, I definitely realized how my better connections are made when I talk to them in person. Mm-hmm. And even Zoom, you know, has its limitations. I mean, do you, do you think that, you know, because of COVID and so many people are doing Zoom calls and Skype and all that, is there just something still so important about that face-to-face meeting with people? Well, I've actually never done a Zoom with, like, in terms of networking with someone before. I've been very fortunate where um, the people who have come into my life that I could possibly network with, I've met in person at first. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely made that easier. So I can't really speak on that as well. Mm -hmm. But And like the concert you just went to, there's no replacement for, you know, you as a performer to be able to be face-to-face with your audience. Oh, yeah. It was it was so cute. Um, the the main guy, Role Model, his last show, he was telling us about how people were, like, yelling wrong words to him because they didn't really know what, like, the words were or who he was as an artist. But everyone in there, like, was singing every single word and just watching his face and his reaction to everyone knowing every word was just, oh. It was like watching someone's dreams come true, and it was it was so cute. Well, how does that inspire you, and how does that make you want to get back out there and perform? Oh, my God, it made me want to hop on that stage <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best um, best feeling. That's what happens to me every time I see someone perform, even if it's in, like, a Broadway musical or a play or something. I just it, – it's – I feel like good art inspires good art. So every time I see something really good, I'm just like, I want to, I want to do that too. <laughs> I want to go up there right now and join you. Well, since you've been living in New York, have you had much chance to perform live? I have not. I don't think I've performed live yet. My, uh, I've only done like Zoom performances and like IGTV performances because everything was, has been shut down. Because I think New York City was one of the first ones to take everything a lot serious, like more seriously. And mm-hmm. so they shut down everything basically immediately as soon as possible. And they're just now starting to open things back up. Mm-hmm. Well, besides, you know, something like Madison Square Garden or, you know, some huge stadium, what are the kind of venues in New York you'd like to do? Like, do you like the small, you know, coffee house vibe or the smaller cabaret? I mean, what at this point in your career would be a really, you know, fun venue for you to perform in? I have no preference. I I don't, I'll take anything that I can get. If, even if it's me on the side of the street singing, me in a subway station singing, like, I don't care. <laughs> I'll take anything. I, I, I've never really been, I mean, I, I'll go to certain venues and like, wow, it'd be really cool to perform here one day, but I don't have like a list of like places that I, I want to perform at, which is weird because I feel like a lot of people have that, but I'm, I'm sort of indifferent about it. So you'd, you'd like to be a busker. A, a what, sorry? A busker. Have you heard of that term? No, I've never heard that. The busker, those are, that's a, I think that's the official term for the people who, like, play on the street corner and people throw money in their hat. Oh, I mean, 
I, Which is basically, I, I think the subway singers, they'd be like a busker. Oh. Well, I mean, I don't want to be a busker for the rest of my life, you know? I would like to sell out a venue. <laughs> well, obviously. I, I was throwing uh, that in there because when you said subway, I thought, oh, like a subway busker. <laughs> but but no, it's kind of cool. There's a nice long tradition of busking. A lot of famous singers started out that way. Edith Piaf started out that way. Oh. Just singing on on the streets in France and uh, learn learning her craft. It's a very immediate way because if they throw in the coins, you know you're doing something right. But if your if your hat's empty, you think, uh oh, I better change my uh my tune here. <laughs> but uh, what is your favorite kind of feedback or, you know, when you're performing live, how do you know when people are really responding to your music? Uh, when they come up to me afterwards. Mm-hmm. I've only, I think I've only done one performance where I sang an original song, but people came up to me afterwards or they reached out to me over Instagram afterwards. And I think that's, the best at least well obviously but that's the best way for me to to be like oh this is affecting other people mm-hmm. and i know like on social media you know we we get responses like where's the place online where say you perform one of your original songs that you get the most meaningful feedback i think instagram because instagram is where i've been performing most of my original songs and so that's like the main outlet like if you want to see me perform go to my instagram um and yeah people will message me about that every now and then and yeah that's definitely where i get the most feedback from nice and i I went to your instagram and it seems like you do put a lot of your social media time there what what is it that's still so special about instagram for you um I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I just, I really like the platform. I feel, it feels though I can very easily connect with others through it. And there's not really like a time constraint. It, I like doing photo dumps where it's just like random photos from my life or nice little momentums of cool things that have been happening in my life. And I feel like Instagram is a perfect place to just share those little tidbits of each other's lives and I like seeing it on others and yeah, it's just, I, I guess it's more of a connection thing. Mm-hmm. More of a connection. You said you also take advantage of, you know, the, the video component where, you know, a lot of people, a uh, little more than TikTok, but I think you can have longer videos on um, Instagram, but can't you just, you know, if you're in the mood, get your phone out say a few words to your fans or, you know, sing a song. I mean, it seems like you like using that component, the um, IGTV. Oh, yeah. I mean, like a few, I guess like a month ago now, I came home after a long day and I just wrote a song in like 10 minutes. And I was like, I like this. I looked at my phone and I recorded it and then I posted it. <laughs> it now that's was, immediate. It was, is that but it's something about it is just I don't know I just like that I can do that well what's your songwriting process like 
I wait until my inner thoughts overwhelm me, and then I just release it. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I'm a I'm a major overthinker. So when it comes time for me to write a song, like it doesn't take long at all for me to write it because I already know what I'm going to say because I'm thinking about it all the time. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so it kind of just comes out of me. And I've been writing music for so long that it's sort of like. I, I kind of relax, and then I let my subconscious take over, and then it just comes out and rhymes. It's actually embarrassing now because when I try to, like, be vulnerable with someone in person, sometimes it'll come out as rhymes because I'm so used to when I'm being vulnerable and writing a song. Well, you mentioned earlier that, you know, some of this is almost like your diary and just almost like a way to... Uh, you know, be be a little therapeutic or just to make sense of things that have happened to you. You know, at what point do you not want things to become so, you know, such a self-revelation? Is there ever a time you pull back and go, wait, that's too much. I don't want to share that in my lyrics. I've actually had the opposite issue. I've I've hid things for a very long time and I feel like this new music I'm releasing is I I wrote a lot of this new music I'm releasing like a few years ago but I'm finally releasing it now because I'm comfortable with being with letting others into my vulnerability but I I I used to write music that kind of just it was an exaggerated version of small real life details so for example i would pass by a guy and i thought he was attractive but the song would be like we were madly in love and then you cheated on me and you broke my heart you know like stuff that didn't actually happen but i just said that because i didn't want to like actually talk about my feelings (laughs) about real things um Mm -hmm. and so now i feel like i'm i'm definitely being more honest towards my feelings so I haven't so, noticed the issue. The more vulnerable you are, the better you connect with others. So I, I, I don't think I'm afraid to be like just straight up honest in my music anymore. So you, you told me um, your next single is coming out October 22nd. Yes. So this is the one we're going to hear a lot of new self-revelation on. Um, this one, I feel like is a good transition between my old music and my new music. It's a, it's just, yeah, I think it's just a perfect transition because it's vulnerable without being too, too vulnerable. And then it, you kind of dive into the more vulnerability as things continue to be released. Now, are you uh, able to reveal the name of the single or are you keeping that under wraps for now um what day is it it's fine i'll, I'll say it. it's called mad at you maddie oh my goodness already i can tell there's going to be some uh fire in this song <laughs> yeah it's it's sort of um cheeky it talks about um it's like one of the first stages of realizing you're in a toxic relationship of being like, okay, what's happening here? It's not healthy. And I feel like that's one of the best ways to get out of a toxic relationship is admitting to yourself that you're not okay 
and the situation isn't okay. And like becoming comfortable with that discomfort so much so that you're able to leave, if that makes sense. And I feel like this song is the first step of that. Wow. Now that definitely makes me think of Billie Eilish. <laughs> what's, what's that last uh, song? I think it was a title cut from, from that album. What's that one? The, the one where she's in the living room and then the water floods in and then she's outside. Happier than ever. Happier than ever. It kind of reminds me of the theme of happier than ever. Yeah. I think hers is a little more vulnerable than mine, but it might be because there's a whole lot more people who know exactly who she's talking about and what she's talking about. Whereas for me, I don't really think anyone will know. (laughs) Now, are you ever afraid that the person that you're writing about will hear the song? I've, I've been told that by other people. I don't know. I mean, I write songs all the time, and I'll post, like, snippets of it on my Instagram, and I have never, ever had someone be like, this song's about me, or this is this or that. So, also, I don't tell people when I write songs about them. And also, it's not like, sometimes I'll write multiple songs about someone that, it's not like we were dating or anything like that. So, sometimes people don't even know that I wrote a song about them. Or it could be maybe a combination of several people you knew. Yeah, but I've never had i never had someone do that before. It'll be interesting um, in the next com- couple of months to see if someone tries to uh, come back into my life <laughs> after hearing a song of mine. Or who, who knows? Maybe they'll they'll learn something from it. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? But do people ever learn though? They, they, the, the funny thing is, if it's negative, they probably won't think the song's about them because they probably think they're perfect. Well, I am young, and I feel like since I've like graduated from high school, I feel like I'm a completely different person. I have a completely different perspective on life, and I feel like I've grown so much. But I can only expect that others would do the same. So who knows? Maybe... Maybe it's just a nice little capsule of a moment in time, and it doesn't really relate to who they are as a person anymore. Mm-hmm. Like well, one thing, thing about right? sure, <laughs> and, and, and one thing about toxic people and relationships, there's a lot in common. You know, there's just unfortunately there's very predictable in, in a lot of rotten relationships and how people act. But I think from a songwriting writing point of view, you get to point out the specific things that made it toxic. So I'm wondering for you, you know, what are the specific things that make, you know, your situation unique? Um, I think for my specific situation, I was a little self-sabotaging because I knew going into it, it wouldn't result in the way that I wanted it to. Um, So I I kind of, like, I saw the red flags before I I entered. I I just, I was like, no, those those flags don't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was, like, ignoring that to myself. So I I knew what I was getting myself into, but I still proceeded to get into it. Mm -hmm. And is, you know, when you think of using that to inform your songwriting, 
is part of it, just, you know, not making everything black and white, uh, you know, a villain or, or perfect, but maybe saying, well, gosh, you know, what was my part in this too? Oh, 100%. I mean, I did wrong things. They did wrong things. I mean, no one's perfect. And obviously my music is going to be very one-sided and it's going to, and I write music in an emotional state. So it's not like I'm, I'm describing like my takeaway from the situation or my growth from the situation or better explaining what was happening. Um, it, it's just, it, it'll seem very emotionally based because it is. And I, I don't want, I don't want someone to hear my music and think it's about them and think that that's how I feel about it now. Like I have no ill will to anyone. I definitely grown and learned from all of my experiences, but I think it's just cheeky now. Like the songs are just, they're just cheeky and related. Do you think being able to write about these experiences has helped you resolve things quicker? I don't I don't know because I I haven't been very in touch with my emotions for a long time. I think I've I've only recently come to being like it's okay to like feel things live. Um <laughs> and so I've sort of as far as my writing process has gone, it's been like whenever I'm writing music, that's when I actually like get to feel my emotions and get to deal with those. So it's it's been more of a music has always been more of a, a me thing and me dealing with my emotions. I, I don't know if it would help resolve the situation I'm I'm in in real life. It would just more make me understand how I actually feel upon something. Obviously now I'm I'm better and I can I can feel things as they're happening. Um, but at the time it, it was it was very much like I would write a song and be like oh. Okay, so so I'm mad at them. Got it, got it. <laughs> well, don't you think it's challenging nowadays to be a young woman growing up on Instagram, on social media? You know, there's a lot of strong role models out there, yet at the same time, it's hard to find your own way in the world, especially if you want to maybe break out and be a little bit different than, than the norm. Yeah, especially I feel like in high school, you have to play a sort of social role in a way. I've always, I'm very fortunate where I've always known who I am as a person, but I do feel as though in high school I would have to be or act a certain way in order to have friends or this or that because I didn't really mesh super well with the environment that I grew up in personality-wise. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you a very important question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, mostly Uh-oh. because I, I'm a lot more farther removed from this. You're a lot closer to the world of, you know, a young woman, you know, left high school in college, you know, making that transition, you know, into young adulthood. But what I'm wondering, on the good side, you know, music can help us purge a lot and understand things and, you know, identify with other people that have gone through the same things that we have. You know, you listen to Billie Eilish or another contemporary singer and think, wow, you know, they're voicing something that I feel. But on Mm -hmm. the flip side, at what point do you think 
you can wallow in your misery a little too much because sometimes that is a criticism of, okay, if I'm depressed, it's nice to hear someone voice what I'm going through and that journey and how I can get through to the other side. But at what point do you think you can dwell on the negative too much? I think it's different for every person. I know for me, I didn't allow myself to to dwell, which I, I think that is an important thing to do. I, I Whenever I would feel upset about a certain situation, I'd be like, okay, now what are things I can do so that I'm no longer upset instead of like allowing myself to feel upset and validate the fact that I'm upset and it's okay to feel this way and then give myself some time to dwell within that and then fix it. So I think it's very different for every individual. You know, some people dwell too much. Some people don't dwell enough. Um, and I, I guess my words of advice would just be you got to fill it out for yourself because, and especially every situation is different as well. Sometimes things affect me deeper than other things. And obviously I want to give myself the validation of feeling a certain way for a longer period of time. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's really just individually based um, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like you can, if you put your mind to it, you can always pull yourself back up. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you said something really interesting earlier, you know, leaving behind high school and, you know, entering a new phase in your life. And it seems like a lot of times we get caught in an identity early on. And even if we've progressed from that, we still want to hold on to that identity. We don't realize, oh, I can let go of that. You know, that, that, that's not relevant anymore. How much of that you're finding in your own life? Like you have to stop yourself and say, wait a minute, I don't have to relate to that anymore or identify that way. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm changing, you know, rapidly year by year, new experiences, new people I meet, how important is it for you to kind of stop and reassess really your whole identity? Well, I feel like I, I've mentioned this before, I've, I've completely shifted perspectives in the way that I go about things. And I mean, I don't even look the same way I did in high school. Like my hair is a different color now. Um, but there's definitely a bunch of small experiences they continue to show me how how different my perspective could be, if that makes sense. Like, I, my parents have always told me it's okay to reach out for help if you need it. Like, you don't always have to do everything by yourself on your own. And I'm like, yeah, but I can rely on myself to get the job done because I know what I want. Um, but recently, I've... I've reached out to some of my close friends to help me on certain things, and they did it better than I could ever imagine it being done. And it also, like, helped me out and, like, relieves stress within me. And I think it was, like, a few days ago I said this to my friend. I was just like, you know, it's so funny how reaching out to others actually makes you feel better. Um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's just, like, little small things like that you realize and, I uh, I didn't have the best experience with um, friendships growing up, and I always felt like a crazy person because I would talk to my mom about it. I'd be like, Mom, I really feel like I'm in the right 
and they're in the wrong. But this doesn't make sense. Like, I can't always be in the right, always in the wrong. And she's like, I don't know. You have to be doing something. But I've come into a lot of very incredible relationships recently that made me realize that, yeah, I was right. And those people weren't, I didn't have good friendships before. And now I do. And obviously you have to deal with trauma within that, like, there's just little small things where I'm like, oh, wait, you're actually happy for me for accomplishing this thing? And they're like, why would I not? You're my friend. I support you unconditionally. And I'm like, oh, that's, oh, okay. Um, and just different things like that that you you start to notice within yourself that you weren't aware of before. Mm-hmm. And did that give you some good material for songwriting? Actually, I have not written some songs about that yet. Maybe I should. Yeah, that way you can take a break from writing about boyfriends and writing about um, betrayal and, and friendships. Well, to be fair, most of my music is about and personal, like, identity shifts. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say any of my music is about boys. So you're I definitely steer, steering away from the, the Taylor Swift obsessions. I mean, I can have relationships with men that make me feel some type of way, but when I write a song, I'm writing about my feelings. They might mm-hmm. have been the person to cause those feelings, but I'm never writing about a boy. I'm mm-hmm. never writing about a relationship. I'm I'm writing about my feelings or my perspective or my takeaway on things. What is the title of the most personal song you've ever written? Um, I think over time I get more and more personal, but I have a song called 18 to 19 that it kind of freaked me out how personal it was it's in free verse because i was just like let me just be let me just be raw but i wrote that like up before my 19th birthday which is why it's called 18 to 19 <laughs> it's like my before have you recorded it yeah i have and so what does that feel like when you sing that Oh, I definitely need to have a good relationship with my audio engineer because <laughs> it was funny. I would be in the studio sometimes, and I, I like to have the lights off in the booth so I can make weird faces or whatever and not feel judged, even though I know the guy wouldn't judge me. But still, that's just how I like to operate. And sometimes there'll be, like, a pause after I finish singing a song, and he'll just click on the little um, mic thing and be like, are you crying right now? I'm like, No. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm, what are you talking about? So do you ever record yeah, songs? And does performing ever bring you to tears? Um, I mean, when I'm recording songs, yeah, it's very emotional because it's relevant to my personal life. And it's not like I'm, I'm finding a way. Because I, I feel like when it comes to other artist songs, you have to find a way to connect or how the song connects to your personal life, um, which triggers, you know, my acting side and stuff like that. Whereas 
with my own music, I don't even have to try. Like, I already automatically relate to it on, like, very deep levels. So I definitely get more emotional with that. I haven't performed my original music, really, and I haven't performed covers in a while either. So I don't, I don't know. But I do know when I'm in the studio and I'm singing my music, I get emotional. Even now, when I listen to some of my, like, finished songs, I got emotional just listening to it. Mm-hmm. What's the happiest song you've ever written? I don't write happy songs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or with, um, with Mad at You, what's the angriest song you've ever written? Well, my happy songs are normally, like, cheeky songs where, you know, you dive into a little bit of, like, a cockiness or an ego thing. Just because it's, like, fun. Like, why not? We're young. And it's cute. Um, but as far as angry goes, um, I have this one song that I'm, like, very pissed off in it. And I've shown it to a few people, and they all love it, but I absolutely hate it. Because I'm I, – but I think that's because I'm so upset in the song. The song is called The Song Is Not For You. And I am – Obviously, I, I'm just, like, popping off in the song. I'm, like, very mad and everything. And I haven't listened to the song in, like, two months or something like that, and I listened to it, like, a few days ago. I'm like, oh, wait, you know, the song's actually kind of good. I see why people like it now because I've, like, calmed down and I've, like, grown from those frustrated feelings and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would definitely say that's my most angry song. Okay. Well, besides Mad at You, are you releasing some other songs after that? Yes. Uh, Mad at You will be the start of a whole era for me. And will this be like a whole album's worth of songs? Oh, yeah. And so can we maybe think going into 2022, you'll have an official album release of everything? Oh, yeah. You guys can definitely expect that. Nice, nice. And any... Um, titles you're thinking of for the full album? Oh, I have all the titles in lock, and I have had them for a while. I've been working on this for since the a little start of my freshman year of college. So, oh, okay, what like, year are you in now? I just started my third year, so I, I've been working ah. on this for like two-ish years. Sorry, wow, so this now. Just waiting to to deliver it and release well, it. Well, two years. I mean, this is a labor of love. Yeah, it's mainly been like working up the encouragement to be like, it's okay, you can release this into the world, and making sure that it's exactly how I want it to be and all of that. So, yeah, definitely a labor of love. I mean, are you at all apprehensive about releasing all this? No, not at all. I think it's because so much time has passed by now. Where I've I've had to because I I produce my music as well, so I've sat with all of these songs for such extended periods of time that I love every single one of them and I'm fine releasing them. It is weird I have to say showing my music to others and like seeing their reactions to it because I'm just like, mm-hmm. but I feel like I I love my music so much that it's indifferent. Like I, I I'm not gonna take anyone's opinion 
to heart very seriously, if that makes sense. You know, people mm-hmm. doesn't like my music. I'm like, cool. It's not your cup of yeah. tea. No big deal. Personally, I love her, but you know, to each their own. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up here in a bit. I have a couple, couple big questions left for you, but before we do that, um, I want to make sure people know where to find you online. So where should they go to hear your music? Well, I am at I am Liv Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E, on all social media platforms, and I'm Liv Byrne on all streaming platforms. So you can just look me up that way. Feel free to DM me or something like that if you want to talk. I try to respond to all my DMs. So, yeah. And when, and when the single hits, will that be like on, see if they want to buy it, like on Amazon and all, all the regular places? It should be released on all streaming platforms, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Excellent. And that's going to be on October 22nd, Mad at You. Yes. Excellent. All right. So now, as if as if my previous questions haven't been nosy enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, a, a big one is I'm impressed that you're going to school. And I know nowadays a lot of people would leave high school and say, I want to be, you know, a professional singer and dive in and not go to college. So first, I just want to know um, why you thought it was important to go to college and you know, what you're getting out of this experience that's going to help you long-term in your career? Well, honestly, I didn't really have much choice in the matter. Um, my parents were like, you're going to college. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but also, I, I'm i one of those people where I love school and I love being constantly educated and learning new things. So I didn't really, it wasn't really a, a battle for me in any way. I'm a I'm a double major with a minor, um, and so I'll, I'll tell you what I am because it makes more sense. I'm a BFA acting major, and then I also have a double and a business major, and then I have a music industry minor. So all of it's helping me. Um, so when I get into the real world, I I know how to communicate business wise within the industry, and you know I'll be able to negotiate deals hopefully and. And stuff like that. And overall, just, like, know what everyone's talking about all the time. Um, So it it definitely helps me out within that. But it also gives me, you know, not necessarily a backup plan, but it it allows me to to have a safety net of some sort where if I go full throttle within my acting and music careers and I I fail, I'll still have other – interests and other things to go back to and I don't have to end up going back to college like in a few years to to get like a business major or something where I can go get a job without having Mm -hmm. those issues you know when people are performers and they don't you know know as much about the behind the scenes parts of the industry since going to school there uh, what has been the most interesting non-performing part of the entertainment industry to you? Um, I guess just learning how the business works, really. I mean, it makes sense, um, but learning about the the ins and outs of how, how it works, I don't know. I just feel more knowledgeable, and I think it also makes everything seem more attainable as well because – 
I don't know, I, I feel like things are easier to live with when you understand them. So it's not like it's, oh, this big music career in the music business. It's like, no, I'm like talking to people who, who work in it and they're telling me how it works and this or that. So I understand it and it's not like this big, scary, unknown figure anymore. For people I mean, who are in high school, but yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. What was that? Saying, I know I'll always continue to learn, and I, I'm not, I don't want to come across as if I, I know everything, but um, it definitely makes you feel more, more confident in my choices. Because mm-hmm. it's funny how much it aligns sometimes with my interests, where I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Well, if you could talk to someone who was in high school who wants to be a singer or an actor and they're debating, oh, should I go to college or should I just, you know, dive right into the business, what would you tell them are the benefits uh, of taking those four years in, uh, of, of college? Um, I think it, it's very person-to-person based. This is the entertainment industry, so there, there's never one way to achieve all of your goals, and everyone starts out in, in different areas and different levels of um, a bunch of different sections of the industry, like who you know financially, where you're at. So um, I, I don't really feel as though there's, there's one answer. I, I know a lot of people that I am colleagues with right now who don't believe college is the right path for them and they'll probably be leaving in a few months or this or that you know sometimes people need to try out college just to realize it's not for them but I know that for me at least this is I'm exactly where I, I want to be and I'm doing and learning everything and more than what I wanted and it's bring a lot of it's brought a lot of amazing people into my life and I know that this is the right decision for me but that's not to say that it's it's the right one for everyone else Mm -hmm. and finally you know since you're really out there as a singer but it sounds like you know acting is important to you and and especially in school now you know going for the bfa and acting uh what kind of parts do you want to get like what kind of acting career do you want i would love a, a film acting career uh movies and film have always been my I just love the way that you can tell stories through that, like with all the imagery and the cinematography and how everything is, it's always compact and concluded within that one sit down section. Um, And how you can always see the character's trajectory and arcs through everything. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that or stuff like that is incredible. And I would love to be on a show like that. So whose acting career would you like to have? Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone has the specific acting career that I would want. You know, I think it's very, once again, it's very person-to-person based. You know, I would say that I love Margot Robbie's acting career, but she's also done things that I know I as an actor would not do. Um, same with Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Jacob Elordi. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I feel like it's just it's something you have to build on your own, you know, like you've got your established morals of things that you're willing to do on camera and things you're not willing to do. And you got to hope for the best that you're still able to get opportunities while managing and maintaining those those specific rules for yourself. Who's your favorite Irish actor? Oh, oh, I, 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 you lost me on that one. I got no idea. <laughs> Do you feel an affinity with with just the Irish performers, both singers and actors? Do you do you have a little bit of the heritage you, you want to carry with you? No, not whatsoever. I'm not familiar with that. I feel like Canada is more for me. Like Daniel Caesar, Charlotte Day Wilson, these artists have like had huge impacts on me. And I remember when uh, Shawn Mendes and Justin Bieber released Monster, that song together. And all, like you look at all the songwriters, all the producers on that project, they're all like Canadian artists that I like am obsessed with and listen to all the time and would dream to work with one day. And so stuff like that, I really feel like I connect towards because I, I feel like they make music similar to mine as well. So, yeah. That's good to hear because there's a lot of both uh, Canadian singers and actors who have made it real big. So you have a big cross-section of, of people to to emulate there. So I'm glad you picked yeah. Canadian. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, last thing is I want to give you the last word here. And I know we've touched upon a lot of things, but, um, you know, to me it seems like the most you can give as a, performer whether it's a musician or an actor is just something you know uniquely your own and it sounds like you've been on a real journey you know to express who you are so i would just you know want to hear from you to share with people who are you know struggling to you know find their themselves especially younger people you know and to go through a journey that's not always easy you know what are what are your words to those people um, I don't, I think, oof, um, for me, for me to make this transition, it had to get beaten out of me. Um, as mentioned before, I'm in a BFA acting program. And so my first year, the way that it's set up is they break you down to build you back up. So they like break down all your walls and this or that. So you can you can really be aware of all the different possibilities you can dive into when um, taking on new characters and stuff like that. So because of that class and that training, people that I was working with, that's what made me become so aware of how emotionally secretive for myself I was and how all the walls that I had been carrying with me for so long, which were like the majority of my stress and difficulties. So I, I, I really feel, I, I don't know if I can say that there's anything you can do to try to figure those out. I, I feel as though, because I'm stubborn as well, incredibly stubborn. So it wasn't until someone was like flashing it in my face, like, hello, ding dong, this is a wall that you have that you got to let go, that I was like, oh, crapola, I should let that go. So um, I guess the most important thing is, to always 
be working towards loving yourself and appreciating all the good and bad parts about yourself and knowing that you can always change and grow into that person that you want to be. And just giving yourself a break and allowing yourself to exist peacefully, I would say. Well, those are wise words, and I'll just repeat for everyone. This is Live Burn, the new single coming out October 22nd, Mad at You, which I'm very much looking forward to, and I just really encourage everyone to check out your music, and hey, if you happen to pop by your Instagram page, give Live a shout-out. 